I invite you to turn to your scriptures, to the Bible. Um, it's Micah, so it's found like really, really far near the end of the, uh, of the Old Testament. So that's the first part of the Bible. It's right after Jonah. Uh, if you're reading it off your phone or your tablet, it's way easier to read it off of there. Because then you just go into your, uh, into your yeah, menu and you'll find it quickly. And the gems are going to lead us in reading it this morning. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow down before the exalted God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? With, will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams? Will ten thousand rivers of olive oil? And shall I offer my firstborn for my transgression? The fruit of my body for the sin of my soul. He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Thank you. Father, thank you. Thank you that we can be here on this Gem Sunday to celebrate, to celebrate you, to celebrate our Gems ministry, to be able to praise you and to talk to you in prayer, to sing praise and to hear your word. And Lord, I pray that this time of worship and praising you may shape us and form us more and more into who you're calling us to be. And I pray that the words which will be spoken next Lord, may they be your words and not mine. We pray this in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Well, today we're celebrating Gem Sunday. Well, you're really all stretched out. I'm going to have to keep turning. I'll get some exercises in. It's, um, but it's a time to praise God for our girls' ministry and, and his faithfulness shown through how the Holy Spirit is blessing the, the girls and the counselors and blessing... Bethel Church, with all your presence and your energy and your joy and, and your stories of faith as well. And this year we're focusing on the GEMS theme, uh, theme verse from Micah, a verse that shapes the ministry. That really kind of, it's all about who you are and who you're learning to be as young women. It gives you a foundation, kind of something solid to stand on as you grow up. And it's all about what has he shown you, O mortal? What's good? What does the Lord require of you? Well, to act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. That's a really cool way to live. And it's all about kind of looking at God as our Father and saying, God, who do you want us to be? But it kind of starts off with your parents. So, Gems, who do your parents want you to be? How how do they want you to live? Do they want you to be nasty to each other? No. no, no. Do they want you to stay out late at night and not tell them where you're going? I had some kids who did that sometimes. Yeah. I probably did it too. 
And, uh, yeah. How about um, how about if your mom makes a really nice cake? Do you go when she's not looking and lick all the icing off? No, no. I I see some of you nodding your head saying yes. Yeah, I know. Well, you see, just like your parents want you to grow up to be young women who uh, who are going to really be a blessing, who are really going to be uh, girls who they can be proud of because you represent them. In the same way, God is saying, I'm going to give you these ways of living so that you can represent me. And when people see you, they'll know who I am as well, which is kind of really cool. Now, most of the time, your parents are really clear on what they expect of you, right? The rules are pretty clear. There's no kind of hidden rules that you don't have, that you have to guess about. Are there rules you have to guess about? You're not sure of? No, your parents are pretty, pretty clear. You know who they want you to be. Your parents all want you to grow up to be young women, to young women who love Jesus and who follow him and the way he calls us all to live. Well, in the Bible verse this morning, do you know who the prophet Micah was? No? Well, he lived a long time ago. And when he was living in Israel, the people had started kind of not listening to God anymore. You know, God had said, you know what? Uh, I want you to take care of each other. I want you to take care of the widows. And, and for, I want you to take care of the kids who, who don't have any parents. And, and those people who are going hungry, I want you to help them out so that they don't have to go hungry. That's why when I heard that you had raised all that money and then you got food cards for people, I thought, wow, that is really cool because you're doing what the people of Israel had stopped doing. They had really stopped caring about each other. They had started saying, well, you know what? It's me first. You know what? I'll take care of me and I'll take care of my family and I'm not going to worry about anybody else. And that's kind of a selfish way of living. And that kind of was what was going on. And God was kind of getting a little angry at them. So there was this nation called Assyria. Now Assyria was big. And Assyria was strong. And they saw Israel and they saw, oh, they're just a bunch of weaklings. We're going to come in and we're going to take over their land. And now Israel's starting to get a little bit scared. And they're, now they're turning to God and saying, hey, are you going to help us? But because they become greedy, proud, and didn't help each other, God says, you know what? Let's have a conversation. Let's talk with each other. Micah asks them, what do they think? And that's what we started off with those verses. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow down before the exalted God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Well, I have a picture up here. Now, I don't know how well you can see it, but uh, that's a picture of me and my family. So that's like the most precious thing I have. And it's kind of cool. This is from way back when I had a ponytail and my kids were really young and they were still kind of listening to me. And um, yeah, I know, they, they're all grown up now, so now they just kind of make fun of me and tease me. They say it's payback because I tease them all the time. But they're really, really precious to me. And, and, you know, Micah's wondering if God wants the very best things that the people have. You know, things like 
burnt offerings that only a priest would give. And a priest would give a burnt offering because they'd be going to God and they'd be saying, God, you know, we messed up. We, we sinned. We did what was wrong. And will you forgive us? You know, kind of like what we did earlier on in the service by saying, you know, God, please forgive us for all our sins. Or does God maybe want their best, the most expensive calves? You know, the calves cost a lot because, well, calves grow up and they can have more calves. So you may start off with one, but then, you know, 10 years down the road, you might have a whole herd of calves, which is really cool. And then it makes you even more money. So that was really expensive and special to them. Or, or maybe there's something else God wants. But you know what they were thinking? They were thinking if we give God all our best and favorite stuff, then God will give us lots of stuff back. So they weren't giving it to God because they wanted to say, God, you are so special and you're so great. They're just giving it to God and they're saying, now God, I gave you something. How about you give me something back that's really nice? So what's the most special thing that you have? What's, what's some of the special things you have as girls? Stuffies. Oh, cool. I was never into stuffies, but um, I know that my daughter was. Family? Cool. Sisters? Parents? Pets? Oh, yes. I had to give my pet away because everybody's allergic. <laughs> All your friends? What did you, what's your some of your, your friends too? Your pets and your family. Ah, oh, that is cool. Well, some of my most special things, well, my family, of course, but I got some Doctor Who stuff that is really cool. Who likes Doctor Who? Oh, I see some of you who know who Doctor Who is. Well, if you want a really special show, you got to check out Doctor Who. Well, we've got some... Uh, We've got some pictures up here because Micah asks, will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams with 10,000 rivers of, of olive oil? Well, that's a whole lot of stuff to give to God. Maybe if they give God a ton of stuff, God will give them even more back. And you're going, whoa, if we give like so much olive oil that it's like pouring down, see the olive tree? Do you know how, my, how much, how many olive trees it would take to make like rivers of olive oil it would take like fields and fields and fields and fields of them or 10,000 rams well oh there's only two there 10,000 more that's just that's like giving God a whole lot of stuff but again they're saying hey God we're going to give it to you but we want something back from you instead it's all about greed wanting even more so how much of your stuff do you think Jesus wants from you? Do you think Jesus wants lots of your stuff? No? 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 He wants you. Well, that's a whole lot. That's, uh, that's, that's a really great answer, though. I uh, love that answer. Because some people think that, you know, Jesus wants all our stuff. And he wants everything about us. And, uh, and you're right. He does want all of us. But he doesn't want our stuff. Because what's Jesus going to do with stuffies? 
Yeah, I don't know. What's Jesus going to do with all my Doctor Who stuff? I don't know. But he does want us, which is a really great answer. So, Micah then asks a really hard question. He says, shall I offer my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body, for the sin of my soul? Can you even imagine that they're asking that question? You know, they're, they're asking this question about, wow, do I have to give my firstborn? How many of you are the oldest? Yeah. Can you imagine that they're asking that, shall we give our firstborn, our oldest kids away? I think sometimes my parents did because I was the oldest. But, uh, but that's not really... Maybe they're thinking of, uh, of Samuel. Remember who Samuel is? Yeah, well, Samuel was the firstborn from Hannah, and she gave him to Eli, the priest, and he grew up in the, in the temple. But I don't really think that that's what Mike is talking about because the nations around them, they would give their children, their firstborn, and they would sacrifice them to their gods because then they would expect the gods to owe them a whole lot. That is really, really sad. And, and God gets angry about that. In Jeremiah, God says, you know what? They built high places for Baal in the valley of Ben-Hanan to uh, sacrifice their sons and daughters to Moloch. Though I never commanded it, nor did it ever enter my mind that they should do such a detestable thing and so make Judah sin. You know, your lives are so special to, to God. He created you in his image. Isn't that pretty cool that you're created in the image of God? How many of you look like your moms and dads? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you don't have to be embarrassed. It's okay. Your mom and dads also kind of think it's cool. I kind of look a little bit more like my dad's side than my mom's side, and that's kind of neat. But we also look a lot like God by the ways we act and by the things that we do which is really cool. That's what, we, what it's all about. So you want to know what kind of people Jesus wants us to be? Oh, it's in your verse. To act justly, love mercy, walk humbly with your God. Doesn't want your stuff. Doesn't need your stuff. He doesn't want you to think that you have to give him your stuff in order for him to love you because he loves you anyway. The Reverend Helen White says, you know what, if you look at Micah and the Bible closely, It's actually the other way around. God gives us a whole lot of stuff. And then he says, all I want is your love in return. I want you to to love me the way that I love you, which is really cool. So he does call us to act justly, to, uh, to love mercy, to walk humbly. So what does acting justly look like? Have you been studying that at all? What is acting justly? In this children's message, what did it mean to act justly? To be loving, okay, yeah. To stand up for people, I like that one. To be kind, yeah. Any others? I see all the older ones just kind of staying quiet, letting the younger ones all kind of answer the questions. Yeah, you can see you're getting older. And, uh, well, acting justly, a lot of times when we talk about acting justly, we think, oh, that's about making sure that if somebody does wrong, they get punished. 
And I know, I know all about that kind of justice because I wasn't always the best person. So sometimes I get a spanking. My desk would sit out in the hallway of the class a lot because apparently I talked a lot for some reason. And they just figured it was better for the class. But do you know that acting justly also means what you were saying about loving kindness and about taking care of other people? Do you know that this world has enough food to feed everybody and then have lots and lots of food left over? And yet there's still people in our city who are going hungry sometimes because they don't have enough food. That's why you bought all those food cards. Or maybe you're at school and you see somebody getting bullied or picked on. You know, acting justly means that you stand up for them and you stand with them and you protect them. So there's all these ways of acting justly that, that are not just about punishing, but that are saying we want people to be treated fairly because everybody's created in the image of God. So everybody is precious and they're all beautiful and wonderful. It's so making sure that people who are going through hard times are being helped out means we don't take advantage of people. Instead, we're called to love our neighbor. Uh, Amos says, Let justice roll on like a river, righteousness like a never-failing stream. I love the pictures of you know, what that kind of looks like because that means that God is just pouring it out into the world and saying, Hey, that is so neat. This is how I want you to be. So how about loving mercy? What does loving mercy look like to you? What does it mean to love mercy? I see you hugging. That's kind of cool. Being nice to people, yep. Loving God, yep. Pardon? Don't be selfish, yep. Anybody else, yeah? Love one another. Oh, I love that one. Yeah, that is really cool. Yeah, so when you read the stories, oh, putting others above yourselves. I really like that one as well. You know, when you read the stories of Jesus' life in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, what I'm always impressed about was how Jesus treated other people. What, were some, what are some of your favorite stories of how Jesus treated other people? How he healed people, that's right. Especially people that uh, others were afraid of, like lepers and stuff like that, yeah. What are some of the other stories of Jesus loving others that you, uh, that you like in the Bible? Okay, when Jesus raised that young girl from the dead, Yeah. When he raised Lazarus from the dead, yeah. When he died on the cross for our sins, yeah, that's a huge mercy story. Well, one of my favorite stories is this woman was caught, and she was caught in adultery, meaning she was doing something she shouldn't do. And the, the people wanted to throw stones at her. And they took her to Jesus and said, you know what she did? She was really bad. And you know what Moses said? Moses, the guy from the Old Testament who was a leader, he said we should stone them. 
And Jesus just kind of knelt beside that woman. He started writing in the dirt, and all of a sudden, everybody kind of got embarrassed. And they're going, oh, I wonder what he wrote in the dirt. Maybe he was writing all the things that they were doing wrong. But anyway, they all left. And Jesus then turned to her and said, you know, where are your accusers? Where are the people who want to hurt you? And she said, they're all gone. And Jesus lifted her up and picked her up and brought her to her feet. And she said, and I'm, he said, I'm not going to judge you either. But he did say, go and sin no more. So don't keep doing the things that you were doing. Another story that I really loved that Jesus taught was the story of the Good Samaritan. Yeah, the woman who was bleeding for 12 years and Jesus healed her. And it, just by touching his cloak, you know, because she trusted in Jesus, which is really cool. But Jesus also told the parable of, of the Good Samaritan where, you know, this Jewish man, he's walking down the road and all of a sudden he got beat up and he got robbed and they threw him in a ditch and then a Good Samaritan comes along. Now, Samaritans, do you know who they were? Yeah, well, they were kind of half Jewish and half other people. So, like, I'm half Dutch and half Frisian, so I'm super special. But they thought that Samaritans were half Jewish and half other. They were really not special. So no, no Jewish people liked the, good Samaritan, liked the Samaritans. But this Samaritan, he came and he helped this man, even paid money so that he could get better and had a room to, to stay in. And... Uh, that was really, really special. That's loving mercy. And Jesus shows us mercy by, like you were saying, dying on the cross and forgiving our sins and taking all our sin on himself as well, which is a super big act of mercy as well. And then that last one is walking humbly with our God. What does walking humbly mean? Standing up for people, yeah? Listening listening to your parents, yeah? Your parents, you're going to get huge brownie points for, uh, for saying that one. Yeah, anybody else? Well, walking humbly means that you recognize that Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit, that they're number one. They're always number one in your life. And if they're number one in our life, that means that when Jesus teaches us and tells us to do something and shows us how to live, we don't say, oh, no, I don't want to do that. Instead, you say, yes, Jesus. Yes, I'm going to live that way. I'm going to do my best to try to live in that way because I'm going to walk in your path, the path that you're leading, the way that you're calling us to live. And that's about humility, saying I'm not number one, but that Jesus is number one in our lives. In our profession of faith class, we're uh, looking at a video series for the life of the world, and they talk about Jesus saying, by putting himself in the person being helped, Jesus shows us that serving those in need is a way we can love God directly. And this image of God, this is image of God thinking. This is Jesus saying, whatever you do to the least of these brothers of mine, you do for me. And that means that when Jesus says, when somebody's hungry, you feed them. When somebody's thirsty, 
You give them a glass of, of water. When somebody is naked, you give them clothes. When somebody's in prison, you visit them. When somebody's sick, you visit them and you care for them. It's about taking care of each other because Jesus came to take care of us by forgiving us our sin and showing us how we should live. How many of you know the band Casting Crowns? Okay. They're one of my favorite bands. And they have a song that's called Friend of Sinners. So I'm just going to finish up with uh, a little bit of the song. I'm not going to sing it. They sing, O Jesus, friend of sinners, open our eyes to the world at the end of our pointing fingers. Let our hearts be led by mercy. Help us reach with open hearts and open doors. O Jesus, friend of sinners, break our hearts for what breaks yours. You love every lost cause. You reach for the outcast, for the leper and the lame. They're the reason that you came. Lord, I was that lost cause and I was that outcast. But you died for sinners just like me. A grateful leper at your feet. Because you are good. You are good. And your love endures forever. So really, Jesus is saying, you know, I want you to be people who love deeply and who care deeply about others. I want you to be a people, young women, who are going to follow me because I want the best for you. And Jesus promises that he's going to bless us so that we can be a blessing And in that way, we're following Jesus, we're acting justly, we're loving mercy, and we're walking humbly with our God. So thank you for having this verse for your verse this year. It made me think about a whole lot of really cool stuff. And you helped me really think a lot about what justice and mercy and humility is all about. So thank you. Amen. Lord, thank you. Lord, these young women are growing up to, to learn how to act justly, love mercy, and to walk humbly with you. And Lord, may we as adults, as parents, as aunts and uncles, as grandparents, as friends, may we walk alongside them, learning from them and with them about who you're calling us to be as your people. And Lord, our prayer is that when the world sees us, they'll be astonished and say, wow, there is something super special about who you are. How can we follow Jesus with you? So Lord, we ask for your blessing, but that we might be a blessing. Amen. In response, the gems have picked, up, picked out a really cool song called Speak, O Lord. And you're invited to stand as we sing.